Good afternoon and welcome to another exciting, I guess, episode of The Honest Teacher. My name is Lunchbox. I am your host, your guide, your spiritual leader person on this podcast. Um, You know, I've been doing this podcast for a while and the reason why I want to do this is because um, I am a special education teacher. Um, I guess you can call me on like a late uh, addition to the industry. You know, I didn't go back to school until I was quote unquote old, 27. Um, so I didn't really, and I didn't, didn't become a teacher until I was 29, um, my 29th, 30th year. So, you know, I worked a ton before I became a teacher. I had tons of different jobs. I've discussed those in a previous podcast. I don't need to rehash all those, but this is like my third career. And so I look at it with more of a outsider attitude than someone who always knew they were going to be a teacher and, you know, calls all their students friends and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, I am more rough around the edges, if you will, than other people. And I wanted a podcast for teachers like me, teachers that, um, don't go home and spend seven hours working on Velcro for a next assignment or work all weekend. Um, you know, we're not less energized and less caring than those teachers. We prioritize other aspects of our life and I'm not shitting on those teachers. I'm just saying when I went out to find podcasts, I couldn't find anything like this. You know, I couldn't find people that just talked. It was always kids are great. Everything is awesome. Let's do this. Make this. No, 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 no. Uh, kids are shitty sometimes and it's okay to say that it's okay to say kids are shitty but uh, i've been teaching now for 10 years 10 or 11 years something like that and i've picked up a ton of different experience mostly from working in the uh, world of special education where things just happen in a blink of an eye and you have to be ready for it you have to be prepared and you know i have experienced things that tons of teachers will never have to experience and i'm glad for that and i get to share that experience with you um and so everything that i say is usually going to come out of a an angle of special education and so you have to kind of process that through your own filter and know that i try to put everything in the mode of general education but i can't always um i just i really hope that a lot of the things that I say hit somewhere. Um, Today, I'm going to talk about um, getting new students, dressing nice, you know, having a uniform, if you will. Um, And (laughs) if you get attacked by a student, I'll just stay calm while that's happening. Uh, I'll try to interject some personal stories in between there. So first thing is when you get a new student, it seems to be in special education, especially if you work we work for a like a cooperative that serves several districts, and it always seems to be around March, February, March is when the districts have had enough of these kids, and we start getting new kids. And that's it's really sad because a lot of the kids we get, they're really not bad. They've just been kind of like a slow cooker all year long, where it's not big blowups, it's just constant, and they've been picking at their staff, picking, 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 picking at their teachers. And the school has just had enough and we get them. And typically they're with us for a couple years. But so if you are in special education and you get new students, it's hard to try to 
find a way to integrate those students into your already classroom, already probably stable classroom, because at this point you've now been teaching for five years, five months, and you've been through the doldrums of fall and fall and winter. You've gone through holiday breaks. You've probably had some restraints or you've had some incidents and everything seems to be fine. The kids are kind of gelling with each other as best they can. And now you've got this new body sitting in there. Um, and it can really disrupt things for a while if you're not prepared. So what I say is this, when your supervisor notifies you, you're going to get a new student. It's typically going to be two to five days in advance. Sometimes you get lucky and you have a week. First thing you must do is access that IEP. Get, get a hold of that IEP, uh, read through the, um, the present levels page, read through the goals, figure out what the kid is working on, and then start to uh, put an image over your head of this child and how to interact with him. Once you do that, then getting him in her, her, him or her into the classroom will not be that daunting. When that child, and you need to have everything prepared. Uh, if you need to have a locker ready, you need to have all the academic materials that child is going to need ready. If you use desk in your classroom, you need to have their desk fully prepared with their name, with the rules, with the um, zones of regulation on there, with the volume control, whatever you use to get that child in your classroom. Everything needs to be ready the day before that child comes. You should not be getting it ready when he comes. I want that child to be fully prepared and a member of your classroom when he sits down. So when you have that child, that new child, the first couple of days, you are working one-on-one -on -one with that child. You are having your aides work with other students and you are teaching the child the rules of your classroom as if you did, like you did the first couple of days of school when you set expectations. If you're not really sure how to do that, go back to one of my previous episodes and I'm pretty sure it's actually titled Setting Expectations. And it's all about how to get your classroom ready. You are doing all of that in a very truncated amount of time, probably a day or two, because you want to get that child ready and rolling in your classroom. But you are giving him or her not a lot to do. You're just teaching them how to be in your classroom because they do not know. Um, they have been in a classroom that didn't work for them. Clearly it didn't work for them because they're in your room. They have been removed from their classroom. So you cannot uh, expect them to know anything uh, I would approach it like they've never sat in a classroom before and you're their first experience with a teacher do everything you can to get that job prepared you need to also prepare your other students before that child comes so two or three days before that child comes you are talking to your students about the fact you're gonna have a new classmate you're telling them you know here is this name of the student we're neither not telling where he's coming from, but you're saying he's going to be in the fifth grade if you have a multi-grade classroom. And he's very excited to be here. And then you want to do some social stories. You want to do a social stories lesson about how to uh, introduce a new friend. If you need to go on YouTube, go on YouTube, find stories there, find videos about a new student, how to be nice, how to maybe one of them is showing them how to where the stuff is in the classroom and in the school. So you want to get them as prepared as you want the new student to be prepared. Um, I have seen it where teachers just figure, hey, the kid's here, throw them in there. And then they don't know the rules. They don't know your little idiosyncrasies. They don't know if you have supporting staff to come in there and teach lessons. They don't know them. So you must do all that groundwork before. If you do, you're not going to have a perfect time because the child needs different things. But you will have a much easier time if you get the, if you do all the legwork ahead of time and then 
you say, okay, now we're in there. And then you set it up. Um, so that is um, new students. Real quickly, dressing nice. Um, I believe that we all need to have uniforms as teachers. As a teacher, as a professional, you've gone through college, you have a degree, you should look like a professional. I try to wear button-up shirts and ties and slacks most days. There's plenty of days where I don't. I will, if I go to a school that has, I have a t-shirt, I will wear a long sleeve t-shirt with the t-shirt over it to kind of blend in with that environment. Um, I will never wear shorts. I never wear jeans as a teach as a male teacher. Um, you know, I recently purchased a pretty loud and dynamic sport coat because that's my personality, and I wear that now too. So we need to have a uniform. I would not ever expect a male teacher to show up in jeans or shorts. Um, if you do, you are not feeling professional. You're feeling laid back, and you're going to give that to your students. Um, I'm not about to tell. Uh, women what to wear so if you're a lady you figure that out uh, if you're a dude wear nice clothes don't show up in a fucking tuxedo but wear something nice be professional you are the leader of the classroom you might as well look like it so that's it and then make sure if you are teaching students with autism try not to wear cologne if uh, try to stick with like very basic deodorant don't try to be overpowering because they can get upset if there's they can be really sensitive with like olfactory stuff so um don't go crazy with cologne either but look nice and your colleagues will notice if you are a bit of a uh, slacker on your dress and you start dressing nice they will notice and they'll say wow you look really cool today you look really nice what's the occasion you say i just it's my uniform i just want to look nice um they'll laugh but then they'll get used to it and then you will be known as the guy that's a professional. So that's what you want anyway. You want to be a professional. All right. Um, <laughs> one thing that does happen in general in special education is we, in when you work for a cooperative or you work with anyone with special education that's not like LD, um, there are times when you will, um, unfortunately, have to use a crisis prevention technique known as like restraining or they may attack you um the biggest thing you have to do is remember your training you get and stay calm i've seen teachers just lose their shit when they get attacked they're screaming they're yelling they're crying and all it's going to do is ramp up the student it's going to get them more excited more upset and you have to stay calm i was just attacked the other day i had a student physically attack me and I became a stone wall and I wasn't showing him any emotion or anything. I just, I just became a stone wall and the other students noticed it and um, they're like, he ain't doing nothing. And I just, I couldn't because if you do, you give them anything. If you show you're angry, they're going to hit that. If you say you're, you're, you're crying, they're going to notice that. And if you ever cry in front of a child, you might as well quit. Never cry in front of a child. Uh, don't ever let them see you because they will use that against you for until they're out of your classroom. So don't ever cry. In front. If you feel like you're going to cry, you need to step out. Um, if you do feel like you're going you're to be emotional, you need to step away. You'll have one of your other colleagues take over because you don't want to risk looking anything other than professional to your children. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty light 
episode i try i've been trying to record all week long but i've just been busy 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 i've been going to different classrooms uh leading social groups subbing uh oh getting attacked and i haven't been able to sub this week or record and i apologize i will try to have a uh you know better episode next week uh i think i'll probably get back to talking about the the iep so if you like my iep episode go ahead and drop a comment on there and i can make some more for you so um i appreciate your your listening and like i always say go out there kick some ass